guys it's Brian. we're back and we are better this time i feel a lot better today i have a guest with me that's what I- <laughs> hey y'all hey. it's dominic king on instagram soul.of.gold um on anchor third world living yes and tell them where you're from philadelphia pa gang 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 (laughs) okay so quick story about how me and dom met um (laughs) the summer was like really crazy being quarantined in and me and some of my girlfriends found this app called monkey and you just basically like me talking to people i don't even know how to describe monkey you like get 15 seconds to talk to somebody and then you can extend the time it's like a random yeah you can ex- yeah you can extend the time if you know whatever you like the person me and dom probably spent like an hour talking to each other <laughs> and i don't know just really cool people good energy so yeah but <laughs> today i asked him to join in and go in, debate, conversate on the topic of why Black women are undermined and undervalued in today's society, and especially in America. So, I have my own, like, personal experiences on why I feel the way I do about this topic, but yeah, we're just going to free flow with it and bounce off of each other and talk about the topic a little bit let's hear you i feel like a lot of people don't really understand or get that like mental image of what it's like being a black woman in america let's hear like you know a little view from your perspective we see stuff from now and then but we don't really get that understanding or that full in-depth understanding of what it's like you'll never you'll you'll never get it because you're you're not a black woman Um, no we i'm like asking you to tell us what it's like right 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 um just a just from what i see and then what i've been through the difference in between black with black men and black women black men have like a target on their back they truly do like you guys are targeted black women are very overlooked and it's like if we are looked at, it's for the wrong reasons. <laughs> it's for our futures. It's for, you know right. what I mean? It's for our, our style, our culture. We're, we're just looked at in the wrong ways. We're highlight, highlighted in the wrong ways, I feel like. Black men as well, but like I said, we're just irrelevant, I feel like. Um I feel like our opinions, our views, our feelings, a lot of the times don't matter. Right, I, I feel like, yeah, and and it's like, I have my reasonings for why I feel this way, but I don't have to feel this way. This is factual. Like, this is, like, <laughs> real, and it's crazy, yeah. But um, I don't know. So do you want me to, like, tell you, like, my personal experiences? Yeah, of course. Cool. So, um, let me just see, just like, and it's it's not just black women, but I will say we are definitely at the bottom of like the totem pole. Um, in the past 
six months since this year started 2020 literally <laughs> i've had three jobs i'm i'm still currently at my third job right. and the first two jobs i had this year they were both sandwich shops which is weird one was kind of like a, a a bread you know like cafe you know bread company mm-hmm. um and then the other one was like a sandwich shop and I just had racist comments said to me and it's mind-blowing I don't really know why you know what I right. mean that they'd say this to me but like for instance at, at my first job of the year I get hired whatever and I come in for my first day of work and uh, I meet like the, the main manager and she had the audacity to tell me there was um, a girl working the counter. She looked very, very young. Mm-hmm. And she was, she was like 16, 17. And when I went in for my interview, she was like waving at me so hard. Like it was like, it was weird. Like I was like, maybe she's just like young and like, you know, vibrant. Like, right. But it freaked me out either way a little bit. So like, I kind of like waved at her and, you know, like kept going on through my interview. Well, whenever I came in for the first day, the lady basically, long story short, told me that I should be thanking the young girl. And if it wasn't for her, I wouldn't have a job. And that she basically was like, because we didn't see you, we didn't know what you looked like, etc. <laughs> and she was like, she was like, yeah, she basically told us that you seemed like clean cut cool a good person and like we would we would be stupid not to hire you and then went on to say that they don't typically hire black or hispanic people Mm. cool (laughs) cool okay so i was just kind of stunned by it but it was my first day and like i was like oh she's kind of bold to be saying this but i'm kind of a nonchalant person Mm -hmm. Which, like I said, maybe it's because being a black woman, I'm used to having to subside my feelings anyways, because nobody really cares, I feel like. Mm -hmm. So I didn't say anything to her, even though that's definitely a lawsuit, you know? (laughs) Right. (laughs) No joke. Yeah, seriously. So after that, like a week, two weeks later, they happened to hire a black boy. And... He was young, super cool, great worker, but it wasn't like he was just outstanding. Like, me and him were doing about what and what. Matter of fact, I actually interacted because, you know, I was a cashier. I interacted with the customers way more than he did and, like, you know, mm-hmm. et cetera. And they just, like, praised him. Like, the same woman that was like, yeah, we don't typically hire you know, black or Hispanic, number one, I could bet you any amount of money in the world she didn't tell him that. <laughs> and we're both young black kids, you know what I mean? We're about the same age, if not two-year difference, you know? Right. So why would she tell me that? She wanted me to feel undermined. She wanted me to feel less than. She wanted me to feel like, oh, you're so lucky. You're so grateful to have this job. When in all reality... They were lucky to have me. Right. I mean, I'm I'm being serious. Like, there was a lady that came in one day 
it was like um she was like an older lady and I tell her this all the time I'm I, like when I tell people the story like you are she was an angel like it was like she wasn't even real right and um no seriously and she came in and had a short conversation with me away eight hours never lived in Atlanta area never lived away from home like this is all so new to me and like I'll just kind of like telling her about it well she had this Louis bag on her and I could tell it was real you know what I mean <laughs> it was different like it was it was a different bag you know because I, I don't even like Louis bags like that to be honest with you but I like the style of right. the bag so I told her that and it really blew my mind, but this lady was like, oh, you like it? She was like, I just bought six back from um, New York. I went and visited for New Year's Eve. I brought them back to my friends and family. I was like, oh, cool, you know, like, whatever. <laughs> so then she goes on, and she's just talking to me. I'm really, like, I'm I'm out of it, to be honest. I'm just trying to ring her up and go on about my day. And she happened to have, like, asked me if I wanted one, and I was like, Oh no. I was like, I'm fine. Like I hope she does not think that I'm gonna pay for this because first off I'm a college student and I can't afford this back. Right. I'm thinking this lady is like old and senile. Yeah, you're you know? supposed to secure the bag though, literally. <laughs> no, I I'm not that type of person. Right. So the lady was like, When do you work? Yada yada. And I told her, I was like, yeah, I work at this time on these days, whatever. I was like, but for real, though, like, don't worry about it. Like, I was like, I was just telling you I liked your bag. It was just a compliment, et cetera. She said, no. She said, I got you. She said, I got you. Literally, at the end of that week, I stayed over um, my work schedule. Like, I was supposed to get off at 4, and I didn't get off to, like, 7 o'clock. That lady came back at five o'clock that day i was supposed to be off of work mm-hmm. you know i just happened to have been there it was god it was literally <laughs> god it really was and she gave me a louis bag and then she gave me a hundred dollars oh, and when i tell you i was so mind blown I, I literally was so scared i was like i can't take this like i can't accept this like like why me like you right. know what i mean and, you know, like I said, I, I'd never been that far away from home. This is how I knew that it was God. This is how I knew that this was God ordained. I had talked to my dad earlier that week on the phone, a conversation only me and my dad would know because, you know, it was between right. us. And it was before class. And I remember bawling. And I was like, Dad, I was like, why won't you guys help me? Like, you know, like I'm trying to do the right thing. Like, just help mm-hmm. me. Da, 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 da. And um, I, I literally, I, I won't forget, I was bawling. I told my dad, I said, why can't you see that I'm trying? I asked that woman, I said, why me? You know, like, I was <laughs> like, you literally had a five-minute conversation with me. Like, why right. me? You know what she said to me? What? It looked like you was trying? I can tell that you were trying. <laughs> Come on now. <laughs> Come on now. And, and then, and then they were so mind blown, like my employees, they were like, we've never seen anything like this happen before, <laughs> ever. 
I'm sure you have. <laughs> like, I'm sure, you know, cause, you know, you do dirt, dirt. Gonna come back for you. So I'm sure you have it. But the moral of the story is the lady, once she heard what had happened to me, she twisted the story and lied and said that she was standing there whenever me and the lady first met and that she heard our conversation. And this was the story that she told my coworkers. That I complimented her bag and told her that I couldn't afford to have nice things like that. What? (laughs) Those words never came out of my mouth, lady. Like, I get a designer bag every year as a birthday gift from my parents. Like, what? Like... (laughs) Before she walked in with this, Louie, I had a Burberry. I got a Marc Jacobs. I got a Kate Spade. I got, like, do you, you know what I'm right. saying? Like, do I have to keep naming my bags? Like, don't do that. She was undermining me. It sucks, and it's it's crazy to say, but we are. We're undermined. The second job I had, and this is just this summer. This is just things that have stood out to me recently that have just blown my mind right. you know but this summer everything going on with quarantine it was so hard to get a job that um my friend was like hey like you can come get a job where I work at the sandwich place all right cool the boss the manager who may I add has been the manager for the past 10 years so there's no telling what all he's done, said, etc. But he was very racist, had mental problems. Like, I mean, he was mentally ill, very ill. He admitted to me after I spazzed out on him one day and uh, was telling me about all the medicine he's on and stuff like that. But he would say racial slurs and all that. That's for a different day. But I mean, he was very, very rude, very racist. <laughs> Um, I don't know how y'all deal with that. I couldn't if my workplace was racist. I had so much racist in my workplace. It'd be an issue immediately. Exactly. But see, he only said things like that to me. He never said it to the black guys that work there. He never like I'm telling you. That's why I said that's why the topic today is why black women are undervalued and undermined in America. I don't know, but I want to know. <laughs> Can someone please let me know? Like. Why? Like, you know, it's it's crazy to even wrap my head around. But let me tell you what stood out to me. It wasn't the fact that he said these things. Like, he bragged about his family owning a plantation and whatever. Cool. So you're already that kind of person. Okay. <laughs> All right. That's fine. You know. Yeah, I would have lost but this job. is this. Yeah, forget the job. This is what blew my mind, though. So when I quit. And I literally just didn't come in one day. Like, I told him how I felt. I let him apologize to me, and I finished out the rest of that day. And I just didn't come back afterwards. First off, if you're saying racial slurs to a person every day, that's going to mess with their mental. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, Mm -hmm. why are you saying these things to me? And I, like, I don't say anything to you. I don't say anything racist to you. I don't say anything rude to you. Like, I'm literally one of the most coolest females in general, not even putting the color on it. I'm one of the most coolest females. So for you to do that to me, like, it's kind of just like, why? Right. So when I quit, my friend, 
um, my white girlfriend that, and we're still friends to this day, but at the same time, I had to take a step back because it's like, you don't even care about me. Why would you text me? Not lip. She wasn't mad, but she was kind of like, why would you quit? I got you this job. Like, what? Like, like, what? <laughs> like, <laughs> but that goes both ways, you... though. I can see how he that goes both ways. No, 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 no. So, so the fact that he literally looks at her and says, uh, "You date black guys," and chuckles and laughs in her face, and she doesn't understand why I quit. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? It's it would be different if it was a different scenario, but look at the situation. Say, for instance, the roles were were reversed and I get my black friend a job and I'm a white female and my friend, like, you can can literally see it in her. Like, she's just drained. She's sick of being talked to like crap. She's very respectful, doesn't say anything back. Like, when she could be spazzing, she could have a whole lawsuit, you know? Right. And I helped her get this job knowing how dirty my boss was, you know? Right. Why would you even question why I left? Like, what do you mean it can go both ways? Girl, I don't care nah, about this job. It can go both ways because now I have reputation on the line. I mean, there's no place where you can tolerate disrespect at all. If you feel like something is disrespectful to you, you know, go about the, the you know, cordial way of doing it, the conversation, blah, blah, blah. And then after that, it's just like, Listen, I told you once or twice, I'm not going for this no more. Like, what's the situation now? Because I'm not going for that. And now you offended me and disrespected me at that point. Exactly. And he did apologize. And he even, I take that back. I didn't, I finished that. I didn't finish that day. He was like, you can go ahead and take the day off. Like, I did not know that I did that. How do you not know when you're saying racist comments to me that you, he knew exactly what he was doing. But that might be a, and, the culture and, that he was raised up in. I don't like. Oh my gosh. No, as a black person though, space. I don't think it gets said enough. Like, we low-key be racist too. We be racist, but not in the sense. Racist is feeling like your race has a superiority against another race. We're not racist in that term. But I know at least where I'm from in Philly. Like, Philly is, like, the opposite the opposite of a place like Missouri. It's like the black people run it. Stuff like Atlanta. Well, Atlanta is in the South, so it's more of, you know, white dominance. But places like Philly and New York, it's more like the Latino people and the black people run it. So, like, you, if you was white going to any of the schools I went to growing up, you're getting clowned all day. <laughs> Like he was getting clowned all day. I mean, I understand that. I come from a predominantly black town, but like, and and all they like all it's it's bad here. The you know, it's just a lot going on here. But but you come from a predominantly black town from the south. That's not the same as a predominantly black from town the from the Midwest. From the Midwest. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yes, Missouri <laughs> is definitely not in the south. I thought. Matter of fact, I'm not good with with geography, so I'm not going to even say anything. Yeah, about I, mean, I mean, I don't really know where Philly is. Where are you guys from? The north? Northeast. Yeah, I figured. See? <laughs> but this this is the point. This My point is proven right here. 
whenever you guys stick up for stuff like that. Instead of her asking me, are you okay? Like, I'm so sorry that I even, like, set you up for failure like this. (laughs) Like, you know, I even had a conversation with her boyfriend because me and him are cool or we're really cool at the time. And I was like, dude, like, can you believe she would even question me? All he could say, well, she did get to the job. But that's that's number one. That's my own race going against me. Him not even understanding my feelings, my emotions, <laughs> not even asking me if I was okay. <laughs> the guy that I was talking to at the time, he was of Hispanic descent. I, well, you know, I understand you're upset, but but what? No, but it is it is it is two it is two things to that. It's how you felt as a person and how disrespected you felt inside that workplace. And then, like, I did the same thing. Somebody got me a job. I didn't like it, so I just quit. But it ruined their reputation for people that they want to um, hire. Like, if they wanted to refer somebody a job in the future, it ruined their reputation as far as, you know, bringing people Okay, but what was your reasoning for quitting? I just ain't like it. They oh, made me okay. do dishes That's one day, and I different. said, I'm done. Yeah, that's completely different. <laughs> Two completely different scenarios. <laughs> that is true, though. That is true. I would have never, ever, 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 ever done what I did. And he should have seen it coming. You know what I mean? If it was just like a cordial, like, I'm like I'm trying to get money for the summer. Like, why would I want to quit? Why would I have quit? Like, right. it was personal to me. It hurt my feelings. And for, number one, the person I'm dating, and then two people that are around me all the time, for them to just be like, oh, whatever, like. So you're more worried about her reputation than my feelings. Who cares? Like, I don't no, but know. You gotta put it, like, when you put it like that, it makes you second question it, but you got to put it into perspective of the heat of the moment. Like, there is no heat in the moment. She knew what I was going to do before I did it. So for her to just be so stunned and like, oh, I can't believe you did. Like, so if you were getting, for then and this is where I switched the roles. This is where I switched the roles. Because look at it from this perspective. I'm not trying to compare sexual harassment to verbal harassment. But say, for instance, there's a white female, a Caucasian female getting sexually harassed at her work job. Now, see, that would have been taken differently. Right. Her boyfriend would have been like, if you don't quit, you know what I mean? Like, right. And, and, and the guy that I was talking to probably would have been like, oh my gosh, why is she still there? Like, what? And you get what I'm saying? Right. It would have been a different perspective. It is strictly because I am a black female in today's society and it sucks it doesn't suck to be a black female but it sucks how we're treated period no that's honest not not only like i said it's that's three races right there literally against me including my own no but it's not meanwhile we gotta stop that like i feel like us as black people we want to consider everything as racist everything is not racist is is Mentally wrong, yeah. Um, mentally wrong, yeah. Um, you know, not, 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 not being open to seeing the reality of things, yeah. 
But a lot of things that like black people say are racist aren't really racist. It's just mentally a closed minded situation. But like no, nah, yeah. I feel like racism in the workplace is just as bad as a situation of physical harassment, whatever the case might be. But see, but it was took way too lightly by everyone that I felt like was close to yeah, me. Because there's no there's no representation, like you said. I feel like a lot of people I feel disrespected when I see like a lot of females go through things and like there's no real support there because females really the backbone of every protest every movement every when you look at culture females is the root of culture within black people whether it's from africa or african-american females literally like they literally like look at it now people like to talk about a lot about how black people how black men are you know raised by their moms and no fathers inside the home literally Mm -hmm. these kids running around in the street is a product of a female and damn near only a female so when I like see or hear a black, you know, woman getting, you know, getting getting any kind of kind of attack verbally, especially physically, physically, no question, but verbally or feel made uncomfortable, that don't sit right with me personally because it's like females, literally, black females, literally is probably it's not even a probably one of the strongest, one of the strongest. Like, I'm not saying, like, one of the strongest women or one of the strongest races. I'm saying, like, one of the strongest individuals. Like, if black men, white men, white women, black yeah, women, yeah. Rican women, yeah. like, if they all was their own separate thing, categories by male and female and race, black yeah, women would be, be one of the strongest. And they would yeah, get enough and- credit for it. And that's the that's the point too. People use that almost as an excuse. Like it's to the point now, especially with everything going on, when people are like, "Oh, but you're so strong." That offends me because it's like, yeah, and like <laughs> I shouldn't have to keep being this strong. I should. <laughs> I I wish you would be more delicate with me. You get what I mean? Right. Like, Especially me, because of, like, how I was raised and, like, you know, like, I was super duper, like, sheltered. I wanted to know what was out here. I wanted to go and explore. Right. And, you know, my parents tried to, like, shelter me from it. But, like, they were right. There's nothing good out here. Like. Oh, no, don't do that. Like, yeah. Like, don't do that. Being, being black in the right environment, like, no lie. My bad to cut you off. But at my school and university in Arizona. When I went there first year, we had the Black Student Union. And the Black Student Union is damn near, like, ran by the female students. There's male students that come in, for sure, definitely. Male athletes, male students. Um, You got male directors and whatever the case might be. But Black females run that campus. And when I tell you they bring so much culture, energy, fun, whatever they can, like, literally, they they are the reason why that that program is able to, you know, be successful and be able to thrive and be able to have so much energy. And, like, they, like, mm-hmm. it's not, like, all struggle with Black females. If you surround Black females around a comfortable spot, a, like, if you have, like, that spot is an oasis for a predominantly white campus. And the way they're able to transform that into a safe haven for themselves and build it up to where you have white people that want to come into Black Student Union 
and just like, oh, yeah, like I heard about this or I heard about that. Like, I want to see, you know, how everything is over there. And you got it to where, you know, they basically built a community. That's the privilege. I feel like that's one of the privileges of being black, especially a black woman. They always going double the word for whatever the situation is. So it's not like, mm-hmm. it's not bad. Like if you're a black woman and you're isolated, if you don't have no representation from either other black females or males, black males, then I don't really like that. Like, you know, when you said that you had a white boyfriend, I told you you had to break up with him. Like, you know. Bye. <laughs> Seriously. We're not, we're not doing that Seriously. <laughs> Is no, I don't feel like there's no any white man or white female that can represent a black woman because they truly just don't understand. Sometimes they look at it like I got a black woman that's a trophy, or I have like, you know, they don't see and they don't okay, like, okay, okay. Well then, yeah, they don't recognize what they have. What exactly they have the okay the value of it. I felt that. If you so, black women around black women or black women around black men that's going, you know, the right as a black they'll make some as money. a black man. Mm-hmm. I want to ask you this. So I personally feel like black guys are not attracted to me. I feel like they don't <laughs> want to talk to me for real. Like, I don't know. People are always like, Oh, you date outside of your race. Black guys won't talk to me. Like, right. what am I supposed to do? Why do you think, and uh, you know, you might love dating black women, so, but why do you think that is? Why um, do you think that, that black men typically don't really want to or talk to a black woman? Um, I'm going to try to answer that. Like, me personally, like, black woman is my go to. I never dated. It's not like I didn't date outside my race because, like, I'm strictly pro-black. I need a black girl in my life. It's like I'm attracted to black girls, like, period. I feel like <laughs> <laughs> I feel like a lot of a lot of I feel like a lot of it. I feel like it's three parts to that. One is cultural, what they used to, and um, and like historically. So like. I'm going to start off with the historically part. You look inside these magazines and you look inside at these models and whatever the case might be. And what's highlighted is white females. Um, you get a Kylie Jenner, uh, what is it? Kendall Jenner. Uh, uh, like it's basically a lot of white females. And now, now I feel like, especially now because the promotion of rap music, black women and rap music, Black women are starting to get appreciated more. You start to see people appreciating like women like Megan Thee Stallion or um, that Sweetie. girl, huh? Sweetie. Yeah, like you start to see people appreciate these black women now because now they inside the media. I feel like media historically has driven what people are attracted to, and then you got so that's the historically historical part of it. You got the you know cultural part of where a lot of these black people are coming from, like, I don't know, it wasn't like that for me growing up, but it's a lot of black people that's coming from, you know, going to schools with predominantly white girls or predominantly, you know, Latina girls and not really, you know, any black female representation. So when they, what they, they like used to, and they feel comfortable with these white girls or these Latina girls. And it's just like, 
they don't they wasn't really exposed to beautiful black women because it'd be like four or five black women inside their school in a mm-hmm. school of 300 500 people for their class or whatever the case might be so they don't really get exposed to that representation so now they got like this idea inside their head like listen this was been around me you know this is what i'm used to this is what i like and they don't really get that 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 full scope of you know the beauty because that's not what they've been around and then i feel like the third part would be well the third part was at the top of my head i feel like the third part outside of historically culturally i feel like the third part is how like black women get painted inside the the news and i mean half of it not not wrong but then again, half of it don't apply to everybody. Like you see black women and you see, oh, black women are loud. Black women, you know, are toxic. They like the drama. They like this. They like that. Nobody likes drama. Nobody, you know, likes the toxicity of being mm-hmm. a person. But you see nowadays inside the social media, it get highlighted like, oh, these black women are, um, these black women just started this or, you know, they arguing or. You know, it's so much, it's so much, it used to be when World Star used to be, you know, popping back then, it used to be black women fighting all the time. You used to see a bunch of, yeah, just a bunch of, and it destroyed the image of black women because it's like, this is what, you know, this is what these girls are doing when they, you know, chilling. So it make them unapproachable to begin with because it's like, damn, like, is she going to snap out on me if I, you know, come up to approach her? Is she going to do this if I come up to approach her? Mm -hmm. Blah, blah, blah. And like World Star, come on now, World Star is a black a black site. Like the girl white people of course who, is on it. Who is over World Star? Um is it no, it's the shade room. It's the shade room. But the girl that's over that, she's a black girl and her name is Brienne too. And I just think that's so crazy to me. <laughs> like that's so neat though. Like <laughs> look, you might be running the next world star. Anchor's world star. No. <laughs> We're not doing that. <laughs> to be honest, after this drops, it might be close. It might be up there. So <laughs> people are gonna be like, "Put me on the podcast. We're talking real stuff." Yeah, let's do it. Oh, for real, because this really is real stuff. But I understand. I understand completely what you're saying about people having this idea in their head of or an image of like black women or even white women or you know black men but um right it just it just needs to get thrown out the window also <laughs> what bothers me is how unsupportive black is, and maybe it's a small town thing but how unsupportive black no, women are of each other you. you said black women black women? women are of like to each other oh yeah that's everywhere I've seen that all my life. It's, but it's like, it's part of it where it's just like, it's start in the household. Like, of course you see this stuff, this propaganda. And I want to clarify one thing, because a lot of people might be like, oh yeah, so why don't black men get the same, you know, treatment? Black men, um, somewhere around, i say like the 80s, 80s, 90s, not the 70s, so about the 80s, 90s, Black men start really getting a reputation of, you know, a power dynamic. They started, um, and especially in like the 60s and 50s when they um had the big movements, they start getting these things where 
listen, you wanted to be in a protest. You was wearing suits. You was doing this. You was doing that. Mm -hmm. So we get that power dynamic of these black men are educated. Like if you have an educated black man, he can change a nation. You get these black men that's educated wearing suits that dress up and you like, oh, that's a strong man. Like he is, you know, a Martin Luther King or he's a Malcolm X. Like he literally is changing the world. Mm-hmm. And like they never had that. Like black women has always been black women has always been like the leader of the pack, but never shown in the spotlight. Like you'll have black women that do the most amazing things in the world and they won't get no highlight in the, in the news. So it was never like, oh, yeah, female women is dominant. Female women is, you know, you know, this and that because. They never got that representation inside the news. They never got that reputation, you know, to say like black women are this and that. Black men, they started dressing up and they started, you know, making or creating movements. Because before that, black men was looked at as dirty, scum, unintelligent, lazy. And then you still have those, you still, some people still consider black men that. But when that little movement came of people um, of where black men started to rise, or like create big movements, that's when you start to see that power shift of, oh, now white girls want to get with black men and everybody want to get with them because this is the next person that's going to change the world. This is, you know, Jackie Robinson. He's going to be the next great athlete or the mm-hmm. next this or the next that. And people start seeing, you know, black men are special because they was highlighted in the news. Black women never really got that highlight. Yeah, we have what? Serena and Venus and... Uh, what uh, what's the Olympic Simone Biles? I mean, yeah, they still don't get enough credit. They don't. They don't. <laughs> it's it's so overlooked. It's sad, but For I real. do I do think with everything that's going on right now, it's I don't think it's going to be like this forever. For sure, I don't. I, maybe even if we don't live to see it, I don't think it's going to be like this forever. Not if I'm living. they gotta take me out early if they want to keep on with this black women you know slander yeah all of it all of it because like I said I feel like we don't support each other enough like our black brothers and sisters like we have to come together more than we do man we gotta support each each other more (laughs) than what we do and especially the ones that that um that are level-headed and you know want to do good and want to do good by people you know right that's another thing that um my bad go ahead no i'm just saying we 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 have a a culture thing going on to where we appropriate and tolerate and love rap music and i'm not saying it's like bad but i'm saying like Come on, where's our our black men and, and women that want to be lawyers? Like, let's hype them. Let's, you get what I'm saying? Like, right? Yeah, we're definitely. Have to change the mantra. <laughs> no, but it's a few things actually. One is, no, I'm a. You got you got to remind me. You got to remind me of black female entrepreneurs because I'm gonna forget that. But the one thing you said, like black women don't support each other and stuff like that. A lot of people, I'm pretty sure that you got like, you probably got more white friends than I do just based off of where you're from and, you know, the type of people you've been associated with. Not like that, but like, I've been, I stick with a black crowd. And like, I got white friends, but I stick with a black crowd most of the time. 
And okay. this is because <laughs> the, the cultural shift, like I'm not sure how to, you know, that's unimportant. But I understand what you're saying though, and it does make a difference. It makes a big difference. Yeah. But what I have learned, because this is kind of how I, just because of my lifestyle, how I've grown up, what I've been surrounded by, I come from a poverty area, but it's not like I grew up with money, but like we had a little bit more than most. So a lot of black girls didn't even like me growing up. I mean, like I had older girls trying to beat me up in sixth grade and I didn't even, I could barely talk good, you know, like I'm a kid. So... (laughs) With with that alone, I was kind of just like turned off by the idea of even being friends with black women, and I'm a black yeah. woman. Yeah. As I've gotten older, it's gotten better. But even then, being and I'm not saying that I'm attractive, but any any black woman that is attractive or any woman that's attractive at all, I say you attractive. You don't this, don't sugarcoat it. You get this stigma though, and it's like, oh, she wants my man, or oh, like. Like, you know what I'm saying? I can't ever just be a cool female, like. Right. But that, like, I'm glad that you brought that up in specific because that's what I was getting to with the, like, a lot of people don't know it. And hopefully this will reach, like, a lot of, you know, a more predominantly white crowd. But a lot of people don't understand. Black females growing up, let's start with parents. Black moms, and it's not everybody, but most black moms, like you come from a place in Philadelphia as a black female, your mom is probably like allowing you to smoke with her, allowing you to, like it's so broken and it's no structure. And it's like, seriously, it's no structure, it's no discipline. It's like black moms hate the fact that they have a daughter and they don't like the way that they was raised, so they don't know how to raise their own daughter because they... And it's so much toxicity and they don't know how to deal with it. And then you see your mom getting beaten up by your dad or yeah, your dad or I didn't see all that. That's her what brothers. I'm saying. I was sheltered. Exactly. So you see this like type of hate coming from your home. Like even me, when I was what in pre-K, I still remember to this day. I started to fight with I started a fight with some guy. And to be honest, the reason behind it was he was looking at me funny. But not like I just said something. He was Chinese. I said something about him being Chinese. And then I said he was looking at me funny as an excuse for me to be able to, you know, fight him. And the real rep, like you make these excuses while you young that, oh, yeah, this is the reason why I'm doing it. But honestly, it was violence inside my household young. So when I go and fight somebody, it's learned behavior. It's I don't like this person or I want to start a fight with this person or like, I fought a lot when I was young. But you've grown so much from it, though. You you know what I mean? You've learned. Like, yeah, but I had to understand it. I had to understand where it was coming from in order to grow from it. I would have never grew. A lot of black people don't grow from it. Like a lot of black people from these or like, the, yeah, these type of areas or like from different type of income areas. It's just like they don't understand how to grow from it because they never questioned themselves why am I doing what I'm doing they never questioned their environment they never said hey listen this is what's going on I want to be better than that and the people that do that do you see them become lawyers doctors um workers teachers Mm -hmm. you see them do good because they're like this is what happened in my life I'm not going to be a product of that I'm doing better than anything I've seen and you see them people get their head on their shoulders and they still haven't understood like why they made the decisions that they made when they was younger 
And, you know, they have to understand that a little bit more to be able to be happy with themselves. But a lot of people don't understand why they do the things they do. And because of that, they just do senseless things like black women starting problems with other black women because they don't understand their hate for black women is coming from their homes or their hate for, you know, people that look like them is coming from their, from their own homes. And then you got black parents that talk about, oh, these black people is just poor. These black people in a way. And like just destroying other black people and you grow up with them same type of thoughts and them same type of, you know, feelings up towards black people. So now you don't want to combine with black people because your mom or your dad told you all your life, like, oh, yeah, these black people are this and these black people are that. And these black people don't never want to do nothing. So now when you think about starting something, it's like I got to do it on my own or go through, you know, a different culture because these black people aren't this or these black people aren't that. And these black people never want to do anything just mm. for current lessons that you're not like, it's a lot of racism on black people that go, that happen in black homes and nobody talk about that at all. No. And that's like, if you come from a good home, you won't understand that. But if you come from a place where it's just like, yo, I got to get out of here yeah. one way or another then you really and then you start to understand your past it's like you really start to see why you know why outside of you know systematic stuff outside of you know how it was positioned this way why black people are you know in the position that they are now yeah it's it's so crazy because like I said, I was so sheltered. I was sheltered up it, up to, like, where I couldn't even eat certain things. Like, from a religious viewpoint, I was sheltered. <laughs> and then, no, like, bad. And then going to, like, a place or, or living in an area where, like, they throw parties and, like, you know, people can do what they want to, like you said. <laughs> parents not caring what their kids do I'm like why can't my parents not care you know what I mean like <laughs> why can't I do this like I'm serious so I struggled with that so bad growing up I wanted to do what everyone wanted to do and you know I couldn't do it right <laughs> so then I started to rebel and then you know went on my own route but I was still around it because, like I said, I went to school with these kids. I've been, I lived here my whole life. I still know what it is, and I still see struggle, and we still had struggle. It was just right. different. Like, I wasn't <laughs> seeing abuse. I wasn't seeing, you know what I mean? Like, right. it's still the same difference. A lot of things, <laughs> people people in Georgia, they're so funny. They they think, because they you can tell they're just, especially the school I was going to, a bunch of sheltered kids. They couldn't understand why I was so, like, shrug a shoulder, so nonchalant, so, like, oh, like, or, or so, like, rough around the edges, I guess. And I'm like, oh, you don't understand where I come from. Like, I'm being <laughs> nice to be nice. Like, but if I wanted to go there, I could, you know? Right. Like, it was just hard. Always, like, growing up, it was, like, quote, unquote, I was always too white for the black kids, too black for the white kids type of energy. And even now, <laughs> I kind of still feel that way, almost to an extent. So, like, I just be by myself a lot. That's your superpower. the best way to be. That's your superpower. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta maximize on that. If oh, you able to, <laughs> you know, if you able to be considered too black for a white crowd and too white for a black crowd, you got to use that to be a mediator between both. I'm trying. 
I'm trying. Somebody's got to listen. <laughs> Seriously. Like, I, I feel you. No, I'm telling you because I see it. Even if I didn't go through it myself, I had best friends that went through it growing up. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. my brothers were raised differently than me because we had different dads. Like, I'm sure their mentality is a lot different from mine. And I can even tell, you know, like, right. my two older brothers, their whole lifestyle and mentality is so different from me and my younger brothers. And, you know, like, a lot goes into play with it. But, Right. I don't know. As a whole, I wouldn't say like, oh, we don't need to see color at all, but we definitely need to start seeing each other's colors and respecting it more and being willing to like change our thoughts and our ideas on things, you know? Right, definitely. Being flexible with the mind. Definitely. And I I honestly feel I feel like it should be a couple of programs inserted like now just to get the perspective of it like it should be things I'm not gonna even talk about that that's things I gotta talk about with like I could talk about that with you coming off of this because I want to start a few a few things that will start to make communities like black communities or safe havens and community like urban white communities like we could say it's not no black community or it's not no white community but we both know what it is (laughs) like we know what it is you come inside the city of philadelphia you're officially in the black community you step one foot outside of philadelphia and you're in the white community you certain areas is white community sir once the houses get good you know you know where you at (laughs) oh man but now i want us to start in certain programs where you know racially white people can start to understand how black people live and black people can start to have safe havens for themselves so they don't have to live the way that they've been living before and things like that because like my household specifically i had like the best of both worlds and i feel like that crafted who i am as a person too like i had it where it was family struggles you know internally between my mom and my dad um my siblings you know being being like, my siblings even told me, like, my sister was like, oh, yeah, we used to, if my sisters had to watch us, when my parents, or, like, let's say if I was at my dad's house and my dad left out, my sisters had to watch us, and they had something to do that day, we doing punishments the whole, like, I don't know if people know, but wall sits, we doing that, like, as soon as he leave the house, <laughs> we doing wall sits, putting books in our hands and holding them up. Like, we getting tortured damn near. And she just admitted recently, like, oh, yeah, like, I apologize. We used to do that because it was like, like we. You t- are you talking about like you're talking about like your your siblings doing that to you? Yeah, like older. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like they, she came when she was like, I apologize. Like we did that because, or I did that because, you know, I felt mad, you know, within myself and within them, and I took it out on y'all. And there's a lot of that going around. Like people get mad at you know how they get treated by somebody else, and they take it out on somebody else. Yep. And like I've never heard anyone else say that but you. But like look, I definitely had that happen to me a lot. No. My two older brothers, um, <laughs> like whenever they'd have to keep me and my little brother, my <laughs> brother would give me wedgies, hang me on the door, like bot <laughs> smother me with pillows. Like, <laughs> but no, nah, that sounds fun. Like it wasn't no fun between us. No, it was like not we need fun. no punishment, planks. <laughs> 
<laughs> so you think getting a wedgie being hung being hung on a door by your underwear is fun? No, but it's like you can negotiate, like you can outsmart your siblings. There wasn't no outsmarting for us. It's like you doing this or we whooping your ass. <laughs> like it's no negotiation. You can oh, okay. outsmart your brother and sister on that given day. And then it's just like, like the way to outsmart them is running out the house. <laughs> you run out the house and you come back with whenever mom or dad come back. And that's how you no. escape. And you better not let them catch you outside. <laughs> Hey, mom and dad. <laughs> no, your sisters, your sisters, <laughs> your oldest siblings, they catch you outside. You run out the house to escape whatever they was doing, and they catch you outside. Oh, they're going to make a scene in front of all your friends. And now you got to make a scene. And it, I'm trying oh. to tell like, <laughs> it is terrible. I was too young to be making a scene, trust me. <laughs> I just had to deal with it. Then when I tell my mom what he did to us, she wouldn't even believe. She'd just laugh like, "Oh yeah." Yeah, that's the problem too. It's no. <laughs> you tell your parents about it, it's no help. <laughs> no, no type <laughs> of structure for them. Like, <laughs> but I think no, I they, feel like that's a big thing that nobody talks about, especially with black women. It's like it's traumatizing, traumatizing childhood, and we don't see no therapists about it. Amen. Say it again. <laughs> For real, we don't see no therapists about it. We can't call it, like I'm talking about before you even get to kindergarten, you taught not to trust the police. Like you can have the biggest fight. Like it could be a gun to it could be a gun to your parents, your brothers, your sister. You not calling the police because you taught don't tell or don't call the police, you know, they not here for us. They don't get talked about enough either. Like that's implemented young, at least from where I'm at. You're not talking to the police. You're not cooperating. You're not like I ain't never been in no gang, no nothing like that. And to this day, like if I see something, I won't say something because that's just not the way that I was built. It's, you know what I mean? Not my situation to speak on. A lot of people don't get that, and a lot of people like even when you see those Karens, those supposed to be Karens, and a lot of black people, you know, come at them for being Karens and you know speaking on situations. Like I feel like sometimes. Sometimes they don't always be in the wrong. You got people that make up stories. They definitely in the wrong. But sometimes you got people that just speak out on something. They'll be like, like a white woman see a black guy inside the store without a mask. And she just like, excuse me, you have to put a mask on or something like that. And the black people were escalated because we never had that power in our voice. We never had that, you know, that we never had To be able to speak up on something, yeah? Yeah, because... What they doing is alerting the authorities. We never was taught to alert the authorities. We was taught to handle <laughs> that shit on your own. No, what they're doing is not minding their business. <laughs> exactly, we take it as that because we always had to mind our business. We couldn't go to somebody to you know handle family or handle internal affairs. So it's like half of it is jealousy. Like we'll give you the right to you know, you know, try to alert somebody about what's going on with me. And half of that is the insecurity of I couldn't do the same thing for you. Or I feel awkward doing the same thing for you. There is a, a black girl. She was probably about 28. She told me really cute girl. Super cute. Hair, <laughs> no, I'm serious. Hair, hair down her back. Her real hair. Cute girl. And she came in to get a job the other day and she had an ankle bracelet on. And I was like, 
I'm just a blunt person, you know, and like I I knew known her for you know growing up. What? Hadn't seen her in a while. I was like, why do you have an ankle bracelet on? Two Caucasian women mm-hmm. lied. She she called the police on them, and she was the one that got arrested. I literally just heard this story yesterday. Like she was telling me about it, and I was so mind blown. And yeah, she said that she already knew, you know, she couldn't put her hands on them, obviously, you know, she was going to go to jail. And she said that they threw a bottle in her car or whatever, and they, um, whenever the cops got there, they flipped the story, and of course, they took her to jail instead of them, etc. And, like, she has a lawyer and stuff, but the one of the girls called her lawyer and was like, yeah, I was off my meds. I, I want to drop the charges, blah, 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 blah. Well, you hit it right on the nail when you said, and I will say this, this is a big problem. Black people as a whole go through so much. And we don't see a therapist. We <laughs> don't even really talk about it. You know what I mean? Not at all. It's so, it's, it's just so mind-blowing. Like, we don't take medicine for it. We, we can't even get medicine. You know what I mean? And then we get we go to jail for trapping because we can't. And then then we, you, you gotta make stuff. You gotta make the stuff. You gotta press stuff. You can't even get the real. It's just sad, dude. Sad. No, for real. I gotta make an episode about that too. About you know the black trap. I think that's what I'm gonna call it. The black trap. Yeah, the black trap. Because <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people don't even understand. Like they say, drug dealer this, drug dealer that. Like I have. So this is getting off topic, but I had some some white boy on my campus this year, and he talking about like I don't understand why like why black people you know got to be thugs about you know selling weed because like you know white people or selling weed is not that dangerous or selling weed is not this and that, and I'm like like and this is me getting like a little serious right now, like bro, my brother was shot from you know being inside that type of activity. Like, I got friends that was shot from being inside that type of activity. Don't tell me it's not the same. As you as a white boy selling weed on a campus, or not even you, but you know white friends are selling weed on the campus or selling weed in a white neighborhood. Y'all protected. Y'all selling weed because y'all want to be involved in something. Y'all want a story to tell. As a right. black person, when you're, let's say you don't have a dad inside your family. If you don't have a dad inside your family, your mom, you know, working two to three jobs, and you ask your mom something like, oh, yeah, mom, could we get McDonald's today? And she don't got it. She got to wait till payday to be able to pay, you know, to be able to afford groceries or afford, you know, the type of things you want, a shirt, um, something as simple as shoes, clothes, whatever the case might be. And you can't get the things you want. And then you got, you know, you got your homie around the corner that's, you know, selling drugs. And he just like, yo, youngin, you need a dollar. You need, you know, five dollars. You need this. You need that. And he looking up for you and you like, damn, how you getting that? And it's like, mm-hmm. you know I mean, you get introduced into the, the trap and you get introduced. Like, this is not the same struggle. You selling weed because you want to. This person mm-hmm. is selling weed because they don't have the resources that you might have or have the things that you might have. And they don't know how to get resources within their community. So now they got to resort to getting it on their own because they feel like it's nothing worse than feeling like you can't do enough for yourself. And anybody can relate to that. When you, it's so angering. Like, it gets you so angry to know, like, I can't get what I want. I don't have the power to make my mom feel better about the financial situation. Or, like, once you get to that age where you realize the financial stress that your parents is in, that's when you start to see that change of people starting to sell drugs and 
you know, becoming trappers. And it's like, you don't really understand that financial stress. So don't tell me about how people don't have to be thugs because now it's competitive. Yeah. Now it's not, I'm, not, I'm selling drugs on this, you know, I'm selling drugs to these people because I want to. Now it's, I'm selling drugs on this corner to support a living for me. And if somebody come right. on, if somebody come on the same street that I'm selling drugs on and they trying to take food out my mouth, we got an issue. Me and this person got an issue because they know, you know what I mean? This is my mm-hmm. way of providing for myself, my way of feeling that financial security. Like you got these, if a white person lost half of his money inside the stock market or something, he is going crazy. He damn near ready to go to jail. <laughs> but, <laughs> because he lost that financial security. So how can you criticize somebody else about, you know, getting involved in illegal activity because they need that financial, not because they lost it or because they won it or because they even, you know, felt what it's like because they need that financial security. We don't the, I wouldn't say the resources, but I, I, I mean, technically, yeah, we don't have what people have as far as Oh, and like you said, we weren't even raised to be that way. Like, oh, let's go to therapy. <laughs> oh, let's take, right. you know what I'm saying? Let's take pills to solve. We never right. had that. So, which in a way, I think is what makes right. us so strong. No, it you is. Know? Which, yeah, like I wouldn't trade it for anything, especially not that. But at the same time, that's where I said we need to be a lot more delicate with each other. When you look at a brother or a sister or anybody really that you know their struggle or you know what I'm saying you know that it don't come easy for them and you just look at why make your life harder why why be like oh you're you're a strong person so I can dog you out right oh like they're the world is gonna dog them out enough the world's gonna kick them enough like move move around like I I had people it's so crazy, especially when you move off and people think, think in their head. They don't understand, especially when I moved. I'm never been to college before. I'm literally struggling. And then I'm in a place that I've never been before. I don't know what's going on. I don't know the street next to the street beside right. mine, you know, like I, I don't know. People think they they get this perception in their head like, oh, they moved off. They're doing better. Oh, they they're doing this. They must be excelling. They must be up. They don't see the struggle or the grind behind it. And and then you got haters and they talk. They talk about you because they're still in the same spot, still in the same scenario. I was like maybe two months off at school and. One of my friends who's in Guam, keep in mind, she's in the service. She's in a whole nother country. She hits me up and she told me that she heard, she showed me the messages and I was so confused even when I saw them, but she told me that people were saying that I was off at rehab. Like, what? I literally, this was my response to that. I was like, they do know that I'm not white right like <laughs> like I'm not trying to be mean but like you do know that like um like I don't know who told you this but I don't have a problem with drugs and even if I did have a problem with drugs rehab wouldn't be the place for me I probably would have ended up in jail before I could have ever gotten there so, you gotta say it louder for the people in the back 
it's different for us. You get what All I'm right. saying? You're definitely getting a case before you get rehab. <laughs> yeah. So, like, it just blew my mind that somebody would even come up with a lie like that. Like, I'm going to ministry school, yawning somehow in your twisted small town, <laughs> dirty minds and twisted bed into rehab. But come on now. That's why I'm saying, like, we have to do better. We got to start checking for stuff, real. you know? And and I think, to be honest with you, I think it was um, a white female that started the rumor. But at the same time, she's telling my black brothers and sisters, and they sitting up here like dumb. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Like, ain't said nothing. Like, come on now. You know better. <laughs> you know better. Yeah, and people, like, people, even saying something like that, people would be like, oh, it's not a black or white thing. It's not. But, like, Right, like if you don't like, who gonna represent you if you're not there to represent yourself? I'm not about to sit here. Listen, some go out about me. Everybody gotta believe it because you're not getting no confirmation or nothing from me. Like y'all all gotta <laughs> believe it. I'm like people know when I talk. Some I start off early when I talk to anybody. Everything that I'm gonna say out of my mouth is like authentic, and if I say it and like. I don't speak like I don't speak without knowing. So I'm not going to tell you something if I don't really know. I'm not going to tell somebody like, "Listen, I like you." If I don't fully know that I like you, so it's like I like if one thing if people know one thing about me or people can trust one thing about me is that you can trust my like you can trust my word because I instill that in people early. But for those people that don't got that type of thing where it's just like I can guarantee what this person is saying is like you know is what's real. Mm-hmm. Who is supposed to be that representation when you under fire or when things go out about you? Who's supposed to say like, yo, even if that was the case, like stay out of their business. Like if they in rehab, you know what I mean? They try and better themselves. Or... We don't stick exactly. up for each other. We don't, even if you didn't stick up for me, number one, it, it was just so absurd when I heard it. I was just like, whatever. But like, never mind that like don't go and text someone else about it that's going to come back and tell right. me you know like you're you're feeding the fire like you you don't care about me you don't care about my right. reputation all you have in this word really is your character and in your word your reputation and your word you know how people look at you and your honesty and what you you know what i'm saying right. what you live up to so like don't try to mess with my character because that's that's what I'm going to have to come for you. <laughs> and <laughs> you really don't want me to start dogging you because I can just not be nice, you know? So that's when that's when the, the black girl comes out that they don't want to mess with. You know what I'm saying? The, the, the stereotypical black girl will come out with Twitter. So that's uh, I think everybody should just keep their views and their opinions and their thoughts to their self. If you're racist, be racist all day long. I don't want to know. I don't want to hear no, about but it. A lot of know? people, like, racism is like done. It's no more, it's no more conventional racism. Like it's no more, it's no more me like, me as a white person, like, I'm not white, but me as a white person, like, role-playing, it's no more me seeing a black person at a coffee shop and just walking in there and saying, nigger, just to hurt your feelings. Like, it's not that anymore. Now it's white people that is, like, I don't want to call it racism because it's not what it's supposed to be, but it's... They're aware of what they're doing. That's for No, nah, it's not even that. It's that, like, 
it's white people that come up and they just having a casual conversation with a black person. They just like, yeah, niggas be tripping. And it's like, bro, like, what's your whole issue, man? <laughs> like, what's your, what's your whole, like, it's a lot of, like, or like you said, your, your, your boss that's like, oh, yeah, my family owned plantations. And it's just like people saying a lot of slick shit. Like, fuck Yeah, that. a lot of slick shit. And they not, you know what I mean? They not conscious or empathetic enough to know what is doing to another person. And, you know, they just letting it fly. Like, they're not doing it to hurt you. Most people. See, you you think that. You think that a person's not doing it to hurt Most you. people. People know what they're doing when they're doing it. And me being a human being, I make mistakes all the time. But I will admit when I make them, I'll be like, dang, I shouldn't have done that. You know right. what I mean? If you are doing stuff and you're doing it repetitively, you make a mistake once or maybe twice. You don't keep making a mistake now. But if somebody like, don't check it, you, you know, don't know that you're making a mistake. Well, you better believe I'm gonna <laughs> check it. So <laughs> I mean, and I and I have, like I said, but even when I got an apology behind it, I still did not feel the sincere like this is literally what he told me. We had a 30 minute conversation because he was so he was he didn't feel no remorse for what he did. He was scared because he didn't want to lose his job. Right. Yeah. That? So I, it took me a minute to catch this. I was really mind blown whenever I did catch it because I recorded the conversation. And I went back and I was listening to it. <laughs> He basically, not basically said this, but we were talking. He said, yeah, uh, my family, you know, he repeated it because he already said it before. He told me the first week I started, um, used to own plantations. He said, and, you know, it's just so mind-blowing that it was ever a thing, that it ever happened. He said, but I take pride in it. What? Ignorance. So you're literally trying to apologize to me for being racist, yet you're being racist right here in my face, and you're thinking that I'm not going to catch <laughs> on to it. Like, what? So you're saying that you're, like, is that not crazy? You're saying that you're mind blown that racism was ever a thing only because of how the world is now, quote unquote, all of the non-racist, it's not racist anymore, quote unquote, that that's why you're so mind blown about it. But you do take pride in the fact that your family owned slaves, said those exact words. That's not okay. <laughs> like, it's ignorance. It's a lot of ig- like, and this is a racist comment for me, and but I hold it to be true. I honestly feel like the one thing that separates black people, especially black women, compared to white people, and it's not like I'm saying this, it's a general, it's just general. I, I, it's generalization, but it's from what I've seen to be true so far throughout my life of living. White people are not empathetic at all towards a lot of things. If it don't concern them, they aren't empathetic about it at all. And you want to know what? It doesn't even, like, that. that's not even a racist comment for you to say because I look at it this way. When all of this Black Lives Matter stuff happened, there was so many people like, I know that I'll never understand, but I stand. I know yeah. you feel Like, I know yeah. you feel it. How can I help? Let me know how I can help. What is going on? Talk to me. So that 
is you talking. You right. get what I'm saying? That is you putting your opinions out there and like helping them understand, like, look, you you know what I mean? This whole conversation is a whole map way and a whole gateway to help people from other cultures understand black women and black people really in general. And this is just the tip of the iceberg. Like this was the this was supposed to be a topic about black women being undermined, but we you know right. what I mean? There's so much going on that we can't even just leave it in right. that, you know. Because touching on that, you're touching on a lot of different things. But I guess we can go ahead and wrap it up <laughs> if you're cool with it. <laughs> yeah, we touched on a lot today, to be honest. We did. And, you know, I don't want people to get bored of us because I, I need them to come back because we're definitely not done. <laughs> I do appreciate you so much for hopping on with me. Seriously. Of course, homegirl. And, um, yeah, but let the people know you're at on either whatever you feel comfortable with them adding you on. But, yeah, just. um On Snapchat, the underscore legend 118. On Instagram, soul.of.gold. All the O's are zeros. And on Anchor. On Anchor, I believe it's Third World Living. That's the name of my um nonprofit organization. I believe it's third world. I'll I'll share I'll share your podcast. You can share mine. We'll we'll get it booming that yeah. way though. <laughs> 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 well, thank you, and we will see you guys next week. Don't forget to drop your questions into my DM on Instagram. That's at B B M O D I C U E. And we'll see you guys next week. Bye. All right, y'all. Yeah. <laughs>